What's up, everybody? Or should I say top of the morning? Is that what they say overseas? What do they What do they say in Europe for our travel folk? I don't, I don't, I've never been to Europe. Hi. Welcome to the Red Dirt Golf Hour here on 1077 The Franchise. Hola. TJ, Spencer, Brendan, the sickly Jared, all in tow for you here. We're doing that. Be, uh, there's got to be a way that the British or the Scottish say hello. Is it good day? No, that's Australian. Anyway, we're all here. <laughs> Open championship this week. We got the last major of the year. Soak it in because we won't have another one for like eight months. We're recapping the Scottish Open. We got a lot to talk about in terms of local golf, in terms of the golf we're playing. We have played golf that better players than us have played here locally in terms of the state amateur. We got some sound coming from the champ and the new executive director of the OGA. We've got a pool we want to talk about for you guys to join for the Open Championship and so much more. Why don't we do the pool first so people that are just now listening can figure out how to join our Open Championship pool. I know, Brendan, this is kind of near and dear to your heart. Why don't we uh, Why don't we chat about the uh, the Open Championship pool we're doing? Yeah, so um, we I started a tournament on my own that partners with the um, John Daly Major Ed Heart of Lion Foundation based out of Oklahoma City. Um, some fantastic people over there. Monica Heights is um an, an angel she has taken care of so much for us given us a cause with this tournament and now um bringing on kind of red dirt to to partner with them as well all, all the money goes to um first responders and veterans and children they do not kind of pinpoint any of those three it is a huge net that they cast uh major ed polito just about everybody in oklahoma knows him he is oh yeah one of the best dudes. Um, he is a, a veteran. He's an amputee from from injuries suffered over there, and just the most enthusiastic and positive. And the the guy that's going to give you the shirt off his back. Um, fantastic person to lead a foundation along with obviously John Daly. So uh, we have partnered with them. All the proceeds from these, you quote unquote buy a team. Um, I think it's like ten dollars. You can obviously donate plenty more, but it is not expensive to get into this. Um, and then the Heart of the Lion Foundation is donating all kinds of prizes from rangefinders to speakers. I know they've got some stuff that John Daly's actually signed that they're going to send out. They've got all kinds of stuff that they're going to give the winners. So uh, it'll be a fun time to compete against us when you're listening to the podcast and thinking these guys are so stupid for picking, you know, Rory and, and Brooks every week. And, and, you know, it's those, those this is your chance to uh, to put some money up, show us what you got, win some prizes and all of it go for a good cause as well. So, yep. That link will be on our social medias. You can find that there. It's pretty simple to join. Again, $10, I think, is just what, what it costs to get in. You can do much more than that if you'd like to donate to the to the foundation. It doesn't go to us, so I just want to point that out. And then, uh, yeah, you're entered to win some cool prizes. Normally, in a pool, you're entered for, like, you know, cash or whatever, but this is some pretty sweet prizes. So it uh, should be fun to do that. Be sure you guys hop in there. Take us on. See what happens. Should be Should be a good time. So, uh, yeah, we do have a lot of golf to talk about. Let's briefly just touch on the Scottish Open and, and what a great finish it was. Our group chat was was on fire Sunday morning watching it. Not necessarily about the golf. There are some other hot takes that maybe we can delve into as far as clothing goes. But uh, Rory McIlroy ends up winning the Scottish Open over there. Uh, holds off what would have been a fantastic story. And Robert McIntyre, the hometown, hometown, home country guy in his national championship. Rory Birdie, 17 and 18, two tough holes into the wind. Some incredible shots. I, unfortunately, guys, and so whoever wants to chime in can go ahead and do this. It felt like it got overshadowed. I made the point in the group text that people were griping so much on social media about the coverage or lack thereof. It's happened now in two tournaments that I feel like they've dropped the ball in terms of Ricky Fowler winning in a playoff, the Rocket Mortgage. That was on tape delay, and that was on a stream. And then the Scottish Open, two maybe two of the best finishes in golf this year, both ended up on tape delayed. And so... I feel like the finish was great. It was fun to watch, but everybody complains so much about it. I feel like it lost its luster. I don't know if, if the golf community is just whatever, like babies or what, but that's just kind of how it felt to me. I think golf coverage in general right now is just super easy to pick on. Fair. It's everything is just right there. Kind of at our fingertips where we've reached just the pinnacle of everything that is golf media. I mean, you can peruse, I don't know. I, I, I ingest a lot of golf, social media, golf, YouTube video, a lot sure. of content. It's all out there. And so I think that people are so used to kind of having a new Brian bros video or good, good, or whatever kind of like on demand that whenever they've got a search for just a little bit of coverage, which, you know, I thought it was 
pretty clear that it was on the CBS Sports app. Right. I, don't know. I, I didn't find it. I didn't have any issue finding it at three in the morning. And so for anyone that was complaining, um, I'm shocked that Jared Gallagher wasn't just old man yells at clouds all day Sunday. But uh, well, Dad Gum, we nearly saw it live with as much time as Rory took to hit the freaking <laughs> ball. Okay. <laughs> Goodness uh, gracious, is there not a shot clock or something in professional golf? Like, is he immune to slow play? He wasn't playing slow. He backed off four times wins. on the 72nd hole. Four times. He only took three strokes, and he backed off four times. Jared, it was gusting 40 miles an oh, hour. It was gusting 40 miles an hour. <laughs> Welcome to Oklahoma on every summer day. Come on now. Playing for a little bit more money in the open. Um so I I can cut him some slack when it's that situation and the wind is blowing and him off his feet. Ruining but... the good story that was Bobby Mack. <laughs> but all that to say, I mean, it's I, I love my I have I have family from Scotland. That's where a lot of my roots come from, and that's always been a really exciting tournament for me. Um, but man, I, I just can't imagine I'm trying to think of an equivalent to them kind of putting this on the CBS app and given I'm not going to go down a, a huge hole. I don't think we should have TV coverage. There's already a podcast dedicated to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> shout out no laying up, but um, it, it just, I'm trying to imagine like a Browns Patriots game getting delegated to the app and not even on TV. It just, it shouldn't happen in the top five sports. I guess if you want to throw soccer in there too, the top six sports in America it just doesn't make any sense. So all that to say, I mean, I'm I don't have a problem with it. I have an Apple TV. I can scroll over to the app and find it just fine. But it just the non traditional way of doing that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So, I, I will say this, and this is the thing I think gets lost through all of that. You know, CBS and NBC they have their faults. I think they've done a tremendous job this year of much better coverage. Everyone complaining about this being on the CBS Sports app or whatever, they forget this isn't a PGA Tour event. This isn't a major, it's a DP world tour event that usually is covered on the golf channel super early in the morning anyways. But that's what I, yes, while it's in like, it's in conjunction with the PGA and yes, everyone makes the trek over there because of how it schedules and it always falls in line, like right before the open. And it is a bigger tournament. It's It's a very much so elevated event, but it's still not a PGA sanctioned event. It's like, or it's not like a a full PGA sanctioned event. I don't know. I, I feel like, Anyone knocking it, being on the app is forgetting the fact. They're kind of losing focus of like, yeah, all the top players are playing in it. But at the same time, it it's not a normal event that it's not the normal area of golf that CBS or NBC or anyone would typically cover. They cover one event overseas a year like this, really. I'd be curious to know, and I don't know the answer, so this is just pure speculation. I'd be curious to know what kind of hoops they have to jump through moving around tea times and putting them on TV at the exact time. I don't know. I mean, being in TV, I don't even know the answer to that. I would imagine that it requires some sort of communication between the networks. You would think golf channel would have the ability to air that. Yeah. I, but I don't know. I don't know. I know golf channel has their, their rights and their um, whatever, what they have to air at a certain time. Like they, people were complaining. They were showing champions tour stuff instead of, instead of the live coverage. And it's like, well, that's, that's, probably what they are contracted to show at that specific time. So could that, should the contracts be a little more flexible? Probably like that makes, that makes sense, but there's probably something TV related. That's not allowing them to air it. If, if they could, they would, you know, they would. Yes. I'm sure that the contract to show the 700 club at four o'clock in the morning, shout out Pat Robertson, RIP is, is just ironclad to where they cannot bypass that to show the PGA tour. I don't know. Or World tour. I just, I don't get it. It, it doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever it was archaic maybe they aren't they aren't making the ad revenue off of that or anything like that but at the same time i watched kevin durant and and lebron james play a flag football game on tv so i feel like for this event and for those two to three to four events that are at odd times or don't have the tv coverage that we can figure out something for this even if it's a mule event whatever it just it it shouldn't be it shouldn't be an issue and the fact that they're getting so much backlash i hope it's going to lead to a change especially with how much change is already happening in golf it just it, there needs to be something else I, I i'm kind of in the camp i don't know that there should be i mean we're sitting here on a radio or podcast however you're taking this in because we're golf sickos and it's one of our biggest hobbies but like 
that's what the market is. The market isn't for probably 90% of our listeners to have golf on the golf channel, live coverage at 3 a.m. Who's waking up for that? I mean, TJ, did you even wake up for it? Did you wake up to watch the Scottish Open live? I did not. I mean, my well, favorite see, thing when I'm the Open is the quote happening. from Mike Gundy. I don't think they give a rat's ass who's watching it or <laughs> where they're watching it. Like they're just there. It's just the market's not there. They're banking on everyone watching the live cover or the recorded version later on. Well, and to uh, make a quick point before you hop in, Jared, at the end of the day, you could watch it live. There was an option for you to watch it live if you wanted to watch it live. Just but it was not on national television. It was on a stream, a free stream. But it was on. So, I mean, you could watch it if you really wanted to. Yeah. Uh, it's very much a first world problem, I feel like. Yeah. I think it's a first world problem. At the end of the day, just about everybody's got streaming options. They've got Amazon Fire Sticks for sale, on sale for $29 that are delivered in 20 minutes to your front door. I mean, it's not ultimately a huge problem. But, you know, at the same time, it just seems like it, it seems odd. I, I'm just trying to think of this carrying over to any other major sport, which I consider golf a major sport. I think anybody in their right mind considers it. It just, it it doesn't make any sense. It is the biggest event of the week in the golf world. My favorite thing, and I am i wouldn't even consider myself a golf sicko, my favorite thing when the Open's on is rolling over in bed and turning it on and muting it so I don't wake my wife up and, and kind of sleeping with one eye open watching it. And, you know, it, I just, it I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm not going to complain. It is what it is. That is just kind of the unique thing about the sport that we love, though. Like, the NBA is almost exclusively American. The NFL is almost exclusively American, you know, outside of a game over in London and outside of the NBA playing maybe in China or or Mexico City or something like that. But golf is the international international sport. You never hear any of these complaints about the World Cup or anything like that. Now, Granted, maybe the World Cup's a little bit bigger deal. It's not an annual event, obviously. So maybe they're they are prioritizing. But the women's World Cup is about to come up. I would be curious, is there are they going to have any games on Peacock or anything like that? Are we going to get the same complaints from the soccer crowd as we would from uh from the golf world right now? Or are we just being that asinine that we think the, the entire television coverage needs to pander to the Scottish Open? I just I don't know. I, I don't follow or listen to any of the uh, women's soccer podcasts, so I don't know if that's what they're complaining about as well as as no laying up. So uh, tell you what, let's table this. When we come back, we do have to talk about local golf. We got to talk about our golf we're playing. We got to talk about the state amateur. We have some good interviews coming up. And of course, we have an open championship preview. That is this week, the last major of the season. So we'll be right back after this. This is the Red Dirt Golf Hour on 107.7 The Franchise. Welcome back, everyone. Red Road Golf Hour here on 107.7 The Franchise here with TJ, Brendan, and Jared. A sickly Jared looking rather miserable over there. <laughs> but, uh, we won't touch on Hang that. Hang on. Wait, wait, uh, wait, wait. Okay, yeah, he's breathing. We're good. Uh, <laughs> hey, but uh, on a side note, Jared, congrats on the new gig. Uh, Thank excited you. Excited about that. We won't. We won't bore anyone with what we actually do to pay the bills. Uh, this this is my show. flu game, just being on this show right now. So you're <laughs> welcome. very proud of you. Okay. So brave. God, you're so dramatic about everything. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about Argoff. Uh, let's talk about what we have been playing, what we've been up to, what we've got going on. Brendan, kick us off. You had probably the most exciting couple of rounds out of any of us. Club championship there at Diamond Oaks. Tell us about it. Yeah, D-O-double-C down here uh, in North Richland Hills, Texas. We had our club championship. Um, I uh, played in the first flight. I had a blast. I chose to walk both days. We went off early the first day and then had a rain delay the second day on Sunday, and I thought I was going to get away with it, and the clouds parted on the ninth green, and it went about 10 degrees up right away, and I was just too committed at that point. But um, had a lot of fun, finished sixth, I believe, and – Man, there's nothing like competitive golf, even if it's playing with your buddies for five bucks. I love it. I, the problem, and I'm I'm interested in y'all's feedback on this because y'all are kind of more seasoned competitive golfers. I I think I just get too hyped. I'm too much of a football player. Like I was listening to Thunderstruck on the way to the course. I'm ready to roll yeah. and run through a wall. And it's like, I probably shouldn't have done that because I'm exhausted. My adrenaline's gone and I can't focus. And so um, I don't know. Maybe there's a different approach to take, but I just get so amped when it comes to competitive 
anything, much less golf, which is the, probably the worst thing you could possibly do, given I was T1 after the first day and I was ready to roll, but it just, I feel like it worked against me. I feel like on my end, and I've only, I've played in tournaments since for about five or six years, I guess now, and rather unsuccessfully for the most part, had some success, but I feel like at least recently I've, I've done a good job. And you asked the question on, on your Twitter, some good competitive golf tips. And my, my most recent one that I'm riding with is, is worry about the shot as opposed to the score. Like, I feel like that's helped me a ton because I'm one who I no matter what my score is, I know pretty much exactly where I'm at at all times on the golf course. And that's both a blessing and a curse because like in a qualifier, like for the stadium qualifier, I knew exactly where I was on every single shot. And that's, that's not great when you're thinking about that as opposed to the shot you have in front of you. And so I've tried really hard to black out what shot I'm hitting, like what this is my third or my fourth. I worry about it after I hold my putt and I'm like, okay, that was a four. And, but as a, but my, now my mentality is focusing on whatever shot I have, like, okay, I got to hit a cut off of this tree or, okay, I'm in the woods. I got to punch out and hit this, but you know, so I'm trying to think about that. And that's kind of helped me a little bit because you're right. It's easy right now. We don't, none of us play professional sports. None of us play college sports anymore. So this is like the extent of our competitive nature and competitiveness is competitive golf. And so it's like, we put so much stock into it. And so how do you try and differentiate, differentiate that from a normal round? And so that's kind of what I've yeah. done. This is all, this is all that I told my wife, this is all that I've got left as far yeah. as the juices get flowing. Like this is it. And you know, it it just it does not translate well into Maybe golf. You shouldn't tell your wife. That. <laughs> well, competitively <laughs> wise, um, uh, you know that, and and pick up basketball games at lifetime. And I'm not a basketball player, so I'm just I don't get too excited to go set screens. But um, you know, it I, I just man, I I love it. It's I am. This is my so second time to play competitively. I do think I'm going to have a little bit of a hot take. TJ, you may have some input on this, just being in a club as well. But I think flights you should get zero or one strokes if you're in the same flight period there should not be seven strokes in the same format as a four stroke and all that like you know i, I think there are ways that you can overcome a lot of the stuff that you see it every year somebody gets 12 strokes and shoots a 72 gross like just stuff like that i think there's better ways to do it but all in all man you cannot be competitive golf when you know you have a little bit of control with your ball it's it's just a lot of fun. I think that, um, well, I've got three thoughts. Uh, one, TJ, a lot of people knew where you're at in the stadium. Uh, sorry for there. taking that link. <laughs> <laughs> um, and second, uh, Brendan, you're, you're going wrong. Going thunderstruck Grove street party only. Oh, you gotta throw some walk in there. That's going to get you in the I right. Gotta, oh, you know, time. you know, I had some flock ago on at one point, you know, me better than uh, put me on the spot like that. Come on. Yeah, but thirdly, and I've I've thought a lot about this over uh, since the American Century was also kind of this past weekend. Uh, Steph Curry winning that super interesting scoring format that I think would be more, I would be more apt to f- like f- some of the like club championship is a good way. You mentioned having flighted and scoring differentials and things like that. What if your club championship was a Stableford type scoring, and instead of it being hitting a certain quota then your maybe standing is in counter to your quota. So if I needed to hit 20 points and I only got 15, then I start out five over or something like that. Would that maybe be something that you would be maybe kind of interested in seeing as far as adjusting flights that way? I think to me, if you're having a club championship, it should be just strictly gross play, gross gross score. You can flight your flights based on your handicap, but from that point, it should not be handicapped. We have at Meadowbrook in Tulsa, we have a a handicap championship. Like you, you, everybody plays off their handicap, and there's a net champion. That's fine. Like I, I have no problem with that. But like if it's a true club championship, then everything should be gross. You like Brandon was in the first flight. He should be grouped with the guys who are what are you like a three or four two something like that. Everybody in my flight was a three to a five. Okay, so that's it. That's all. Like that's why you're in that flight because you're from a three to a five, and then from that point forward, it is strictly gross score. Like I don't. I think that's fine, especially for a club championship. Yeah, and there was a championship flight that I accidentally entered and then pulled myself out of that was gross. Um, There you go. Yeah, one under one that. Um, But yeah, I just if you're break up the flights and then yeah, I mean I wouldn't be opposed. I'm I'm not going to act like I know all the different gambling games on a golf course. I had to look up what 
what skins was again because I didn't understand and thought I had one. So um, I I think I mean based on what I've heard and what I know about Stableford, I think it would be a blast to do it that way. But yeah, I mean ultimately I think let's just just run it gross and just see what happens. You know, somebody out there has to have done it. Obviously, there's a reason it isn't more you know common than it is. But if you're flighting it and we had 12 man flights, I mean that's tight enough. To where if even if you know the bottom half gets one stroke or something like that, make it something a little bit closer because otherwise, you know, you just you just get into a pickle. So uh well, I do want this on record. This is my official petition to make from this point on through 2024, the official year of Stableford. It's getting played. We're gonna start next RDGC outing. We're gonna figure up a quota and we're doing it. This is so also we, I'm so intrigued by this format. This is also coming from the guy who pitches a game on the first tee, we play it all day and then we get to the end and we sit off the 18th green for 10 minutes while he tries to figure out how to comp, figure out the score and then we just don't pay anything and we leave. That's that's hey, the to be fair, King Spencer's the, move. So the silver bullets were flowing that day. So <laughs> should, should we start an official Red Dirt Golf Stable for Championship? Yep. And traveling yeah. around, I think Bring it'd be it a blast. Absolutely. To your, to your point, Brendan, uh, Victor Hovland does listen to Pantera and Mayhem before every tournament, and it's worked out well for him. So well. his Spotify playlist is out there. Yeah, it's my epic. goodness. Yeah. I I saved it and listened to it at the gym. It is incredible. So yeah, that's my guy. That's why I like him. Give me Victor. A uh, couple things. First off, the Barracudas this week, I believe, is the only Stableford event on the PGA Tour. So if you guys would like to see how Stableford works, if you didn't watch the American Century, shout out Steph, then you can watch the Barracuda, uh, but, which leads me to my next point that the Open Championship is this week. We're going to break down the Open here coming up in a few minutes, but we had to get through our our golf. You guys, really quick, Brennan and Spencer, right? You guys are both playing Carson Creek this week? Yeah, it's the biggest event yeah. in the golf world this weekend. Oh. Um, we'll be out there Friday uh, with good buddy Marcus and um, Casey, and we will have. Uh, we're talking about doing a little podcast exclusive afterwards from the uh, from the clubhouse, talking about nice. the course. They're about to do a huge renovation up there. I know um, Jared and Spencer have spent a lot more time out there than I have, so I'm going to be really interested in hearing kind of Spencer's thoughts on it and what it's going to look like going forward, things like that. So be on the lookout for that. I can tell you, I have nothing good to say about hole seven. I went through a year and a half long period of my life where I could not hit that green. It's a 150 yard par three and I could not hit it. Last minute in the woods on the right. Oh, left, right, long, short, all of it. That <laughs> all those of it. bunkers. Every, oh man, just the worst. Good par three. Good par three. So be on the lookout for that. Cause that'll be good content from Brennan and Spence. I want to, I want to get into some interviews uh, talking about our golf is probably not as fun as talking about the really good golf that we have here in the state. The state amateur just happened this past week at Southern Hills. Great event. I was there for the finals. Will McDonald ends up winning that, beating Ryder Cowan, Oklahoma Sooner signee, two and one. He wins on the 17th hole. I actually chatted with him and the new executive director, Kevin Stanton of the OGA. I talked to both of them after the round. Here is my interview with OGA state amateur champion, Will McDonald there at Southern Hills. Man, how's it feel to be the state amateur champion here at Oklahoma. Really good. I mean, this is an unbelievable golf course. I mean, it's an unbelievable tournament. I mean, it's match play. Round is like 64 guys. I mean, it's just a grind, honestly. And I mean, it takes a lot to win this. And I mean, there are a lot of really, really good players that have won this. And so it feels good to be a part of that group. I don't know all of your wins off the top of my head. I would imagine this is probably at the top of that list. Yeah, I mean, this is at the top of the list, and it's honestly not that close, to be honest. Um, this is, you know, winning here especially at this golf course is really cool, really, really cool. You mentioned being a grind, and it is a grind, especially going all the way to the finals. So how were you able to get it done? What were you hanging your hat on to maybe get to this point? Um, I mean, I thought I drove the ball really, really good, and so I just made a lot of, like, stress-free pars. And kind of coming into the week, I was just thinking, like, if I can just give myself – the least amount of stress as possible. I mean, it's going to be hard. Like, so just really focusing on trying to drive the ball in the fairway and then just, you know, play to the center of the green. Don't, you know, get your hand caught in the cookie jar and just, you know, try and make as many pars as possible because that's going to win a lot of holes. Yeah. yeah. Felt like that last match, I mean, it was great because it was probably the two best players coming in in terms of the way you guys were playing this, this week. Uh, what was it maybe the turning point for you against Ryder? Was there, was there a point in the match where you felt like you – I mean, it just felt like so back and forth the entire time. Yeah. So maybe there wasn't a point. Yeah, I mean, I never really – like even when I went two up on eight, I was just like – I 
felt like I had to keep my foot down. Um, you know, he's such a good player, and you just, I mean, you just got to assume that he's going to make a birdie on every hole. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, um, I didn't really honestly feel comfortable until he missed on 17, and then I, <laughs> I just had to make a two-footer and um, win. And so, yeah, I just, it was a really, really fun match, though, for sure. Yeah. What does a win like this do for your confidence or your, your momentum going into the college season? Um, a lot. I mean, I think I've known for a while that I was playing good enough to win. Um it just hadn't, like, the results hadn't really been there. I mean, I had a decent spring this year, but, I mean, winning, like, does a lot for confidence, and so it feels really good to, you know, play as good as I did at this golf course especially. Even if I hadn't won today, I'd have taken a lot from it, just knowing, like, how good I played and kind of, you know, just how solid I was out here. So That was Will McDonald, the 2023 State Amateur Champion here in the Oklahoma Golf Association, winning it there at Southern Hills, beating Ryder Callen 2-1. Great match to watch uh let's talk with uh oga executive director kevin stanton now in his first year here at the helm doing some really exciting things with the oga ojgt doing a great job already and some really cool plans in the future we're going to chat with him now how big and how special of a week was it for you and the oga to play here oh it's always a special treat i mean the golf course is just uh, even if, even walking in the clubhouse the amount of history that's here uh, in the state of Oklahoma, PGA championships across the, across the board and everything else. It's just really special. And, I mean, you could see it with our participation that we had for this. I mean, we had 288 people try to play just to get an opportunity to play here. So just phenomenal for them to even open the facility up for us because, you know, they don't have to. But they want to support Oklahoma golf and make things better for the game here in this state, and, and that's why they do it. The storyline coming in was Ryder maybe going for the three-peat, right? But having got like will win a solid college player. I would imagine that that bodes well for the organization as well, that a, a guy of his caliber is the one who ends up taking the title here. Yeah, anytime. I mean, obviously this this tournament should be the highlight of the amateur schedule that, you know, in Oklahoma, you want to put your name on that. And um, that's really what we want it to be. We want it to be a, a, a championship that these guys don't want to miss every year, whether it's the college players or the really good mid-am players that we do have in this event. And I think it, it's lacked in the, in the years past, but I think with what we're changing for, for the future and what we're making it better, we're going to get those best players, and you're going to see that year after year. Uh, with with one with having great venues to play at, but also just being the place you want to ma- don't want to miss and 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 really I know um, it's out there. The USGA has announced that there will be an amateur spot available for the champion in the future, and I think that just bol- bolsters this event even more than it will. I know uh, we talked a little bit before about future venues for this event. Southern Hill stepping up, arguably or not arguably, probably the best course in our state. What does that do for you going to other courses and maybe to convince them that, hey, you guys need to host this event. This is the premier event for our amateurs here. We hosted it at the premier golf course in our state. So maybe opening the doors at maybe some other places that the OGA hasn't been able to get into. Yeah, I think that does help immensely, you know, um, because anytime that we go to those other venues, we'll say, hey, listen, this is our past two years. I mean, if you even look back last year, I mean, we were at Oklahoma City Golf and Country Club, which is the elite club in in um, in Oklahoma City, and then coming here to Tulsa and going to the Southern Hills. I think a lot of times, you know, with clubs and boards and things like that, they want to be on that same level of those other clubs that are out there. And so when they see that schedule and they see that those clubs have hosted in the past, that door opens just a little bit wider that, hey, you know, we want to be right there with them, and, and uh, it makes it easier for us in the future, for sure. Nice. How's year one been for you? I know you kind of came in, and, and you're, you're making some changes. I know there's future changes coming, but for you personally, how's everything been going? Everything's great. I mean, um, obviously, participation is through the roof. Not only this with Southern Hills here, but OJGT. We open up all of our fields for more players. I mean, our fall schedule is out of control. I mean, everything is full already, um, and it's a great problem to have. And so, you know, and, and, the, and the thing is to look at is the junior golf level. You know, with Ryder here, he's obviously going on to college, but the, the kids down the line that we've seen, the, the Majmas and the, and the Chase Hughes and those guys, the golf is going to be very healthy, and the, and the competitive level is going to be very healthy for the future. So, uh, my first year has been absolutely great. Staff has been great that I have, and as far as the host clubs and opening up and being welcoming, just fantastic. All right, thanks to Will, thanks to Kevin for those interviews. Uh, we're going to go take a break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about the Open Championship, our picks, 
what we think about the Open in general in terms of the major rankings compared to the Masters, U.S. Open, all those things. So that's coming up on the other side of this break. Red Dirt Golf Hour, 107.7 The Franchise. Welcome back inside the Red Dirt Golf Hour. I'm Jared Gallagher. That is Spencer Drury. That is TJ Eckert. That is Brendan Morris. And we are talking the Open Championship at Hoylake. It's Royal Liverpool. A lot of good history and lineage there, both on the professional and the amateur side. Guys, this is one we always look forward to every year. It's a lot of fun. We kind of mentioned it earlier in the first segment, waking up early, watching golf in bed, uh, maybe sneaking out to the living room and catching some Z's on the couch while you're dozing on and off, watching the golf. It's really cool, way up high in the northern hemisphere, so you've got sunlight from like 5 a.m. to 10 p.m., so you can get golf all day long. It's a lot of fun. I'm excited to watch it. Uh, what are you guys super excited about? This is a, you know, outside of outside of um, St. Andrews, this is probably one of the more highly touted uh, open championship golf courses. Muirfield's another one that comes to mind. Muirfield, you got, yes. Yeah, there's the Carnoustie. Which is where the Scottish Open was excuse me it was at north barrack which is right next door to Muirfield. so i think i saw a stat that the winners all of the winners at hoylake are in the world golf hall of fame except for rory who of course will be there eventually whenever his career ends so all of the open champions that have won here at at royal liverpool are world golf hall of famers which just adds to the history of the golf course including the greatest of all time yeah Bobby tiger Jones. woods won there that's right tiger won Bobby Jones. Tiger, if you remember, won there in 06 right after his dad passed away, one of the more emotional wins in uh, professional golf history. Yeah, but, you know, Bobby Jones won when he actually won his real Grand Slam. Okay. I don't think Bobby Jones's was even televised, though, so can we... No, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was on yeah. the CBS real... Sports app. <laughs> so, no, I tweeted about it. I'm I'm really excited for this. I love Lynx golf. Um, I would be the worst Lynx golf player ever. In fact, if I lived over there, I probably would not play golf because my ball flight is... Tennis. It scrapes the moon, as you guys have seen. Um, but I, I, I'm excited about the redesign. I think it's not going to end with kind of a, not that it ended with a thud, but design wise, architecturally, Hoylake was kind of a, what do they say? Like the best 16 holes in golf or something like that. Um, they switched a lot of stuff around from the typical horse, the members play. And I'm uh, just reading about some of that stuff. I'm, I'm really excited. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of thinking that's gone into this tournament and into this, um, you know, just slice of earth since the last time it hosted. And I, I'm really excited because they've thrown some quirky stuff in there. I think there's another like hundred yard hole, if I remember right. Uh, yeah. So 17, 17 is the par three playing 130 ish yards. It's got an infinity green, a place towards the ocean. I'm pretty sure. I think that's the body of water there next to. And then 18. Yes. <laughs> 18 is a 600 yard par like five. Michigan. Yes, yeah, they're not they're not playing towards Hefner. 18 has OB down the basically the right side of the fairway. It's like three yards off the fairway on the right. It's OB the entire length of the hole. So it's a two interesting holes to your point to kind of end things there. I I love Lynx golf in general. It's I think it's honestly my favorite style of golf. Um, the Masters for me will always be my favorite major. Yeah, here's my question. I was going to ask that earlier, and I want you to start it since you're bringing it up. I've been asked this all the time whenever a major comes in, but where does where do you rank the major championships, like in terms of your favorite to watch? So you yours is the Masters first, then the Open. Is that how you're going? Masters, then the Open, yeah. And then uh, I think the PGA Championship is always after that just because I like the a little bit different style. Um, then the U.S. Open is is probably fourth. But that's, wow. that's changed. I think that you could flip-flop those two. Uh, there at the end, but the Masters will always be number one for me. It is spring. It is we're about to kick off the real golf season for me, uh, and the Open Championship will always be number two for me. But uh, U.S. Open and, and PGA Championship are are probably interchangeable depending on the the courses that they've got going that year. Yeah, so so I'll 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 go really quick because I know Brendan is really upset with that take. Uh, I I agree though. So I I go I I go Masters one because of the history and just because I love Augusta National. But then I think. U.S. Open and the Open are kind of interchangeable, 2A, 2B to me. I normally put the U.S. Open, too, because I'm American, and that's what we do. We're better than Europe, so I put them second. But I do love the Open Championship. I love waking up early. I love Lynx Golf, so I can get interchanged. The PGA Championship just feels like an elevated event to me. Like, it doesn't feel like it's a major. It's just, There's no – I know there's history there. Southern Hills has hosted so many, and so the 2022 PGA was ranked pretty high for me because it was here. 
but I just it doesn't have the same luster to me as another. It just feels like a, a rich but man's best golfers in the world. I think, I think if you pull the 2022 out, I don't even think it carries as much weight as it does with us. Is yeah. what I've kind of come to. If, yeah, if Tulsa never happened, I don't think we would. I don't. I just don't think it would be around for us. So what's your ranking? That's fair. Uh, mine uh, number one is is the Open. Um, no question about it. Number two is the British Open. Number three is the Masters, and number four is the PGA. That that is that is the correct. Take. For those who are confused, number one is the United States Open. That's that's what he's. Yes. Yes. I love the U.S. Open. Every when when me and Dad were playing as, as when I was a little kid, it was always to win the U.S. Open. I love the U.S. Yeah. Open. It's the Everyman's Tournament. All of us have well, three of us have have a chance at making the U.S. Open someday if we're <laughs> <hard> enough. <laughs> um, I I just I love the fact that it is theoretically within reach of anybody yeah. on the planet if they want to go and play in it i love um the open i love the british open um it's just a cool peek inside of the culture over there i love how they rotate courses but they don't just open it up i think the u.s open needs to go on a track like that and, and have specific courses that they stay on i know they kind of do that anyway but i love the fact that they do a rotation they can refresh courses but it's it's always new um the masters it's one a one b one one c but to me, the Masters it's just stuffy. I'm probably the the loosest with style in this group, um, and the loosest with with being, you know, kind of new school in golf. But I just I I don't like how you know the the director has more power than Jesus out there. I just I just don't. I love the course. I don't really care for the people. Um, so that's probably probably why it falls to three for me. I am going to enter a U.S. Open qualification next year. <laughs> I believe, I, I believe. I will. I will pay. I'll lie about your my entry handicap. Fee. Okay. I'll lie about it. I will pay your entry fee if you will do that and let Deal. me follow you. I, I can. I will caddy if I can live stream it on my phone. Deal. Okay. Hold me to it. All right. Maybe I'll be. You done cannot with my practice for it. By then. You cannot practice for it. Deal. Just I don't practice anyway. regular regular game. I know that's what I'm saying. Regular game. I don't practice anyway. I'll okay. use the clubs that I've been using. For Deal. Digital years. handshake. We're in. What's your uh, uh, ranking? Yeah, I. this is really tough for me because it's just like the four weeks of the year that you get so hyped up for. Mm -hmm. um, I I agree with Spencer in that um, it kind of depends on what course is hosting what on any given year and the conditions in which they are played, right? Um, an open championship is way more interesting when the wind is up and there's precipitation or it's super baked out right like uh, Liverpool has been in the past so um, I really like those open championships I really like the U.S. Opens that are at the you know the uber historic courses I you know tend to agree in theory about what Brendan said about the Masters except I'm flip-flopping it I think the course has become um, a little too sterile for me and a little too made for TV um, I think Augusta National, of course, you know, it's a world-class golf course, top five in the world probably, but, you know, for TV purposes, they've gussied it up so much and they make it greener than anything has ever been green before in the history of the world. And the pine straw is perfect and every flower like is it's perfect. played in a vacuum. And they, yeah. Yeah, and they, they loop it in, you know, bird song. And it just, like, it feels a little too made for TV for me now. Um as far as the culture that surrounds it, I love that. I love that Southern hospitality, you know, beginning of spring, you know, let's have a mint julep on the porch and a peach ice cream sandwich to cool down on a warm spring day, that sort of thing. Very cool. Very, you know, the, the Southern gentleman that's, I love that part of it. Uh, but the golf course, it seems like every year it just becomes more and more like a painting and until i'm there and i experience it i think i'm gonna have a hard time you know kind of turning that off and and turning on the holy cow i'm really here at the masters but that's the uh, problem is we're never going to get to go it is that's not, not true okay that's not there true it's ways hey, it's just lottery like is announced Open. in like two weeks bro so i, hope but it, I know we all entered every year it is yeah. not possible to go because they have every control in place it what is, are you talking about we're media 
uber exclusive now the franchise has sent people before (laughs) yeah didn't eddie go let me know when you book my flight send me my ticket when it is in my hand i will be booking my flight i'm in but i don't want to say that eddie should not have gone but also hey jared how do you not have augustus number one as the bobby jones fan club president Uh, i I think it's got great history it's got you know probably a richer history than any of the championships the open championship included just because it was older doesn't mean it's better um it's just the golf course i I don't know it's just become sterile to me i don't know how else to explain it so what's your ranking then i don't know that i have one i mean if it was last year it would probably be pga masters open championship and u.s open this year it's probably open championship masters U.S. Open PGA. It's just it's it's it, there's too many variables for me to choose. All right. Um, at any given time. Okay, fair enough. Well, you mentioned a little bit there in your answer, talking about Hoy Lake, talking about Liverpool, and the history of the golf course. That's where they're playing this year. Uh, the past two winners have been Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, so two really great winners there, obviously. But the past two times they've played there, it has been like baked, burnt. Crispy Brown. This year, if you don't follow, by the way, if you're a golf fan and you're on Twitter, follow Michael Kim. I think we've talked about him before, but go on Twitter, yeah, follow Michael he, Kim. He's Fantastic awesome. Follower. Great follow. He, he was posting earlier tonight that the teeth on the rakes were wider, yep. which created deeper rake grooves that set the ball down. Like he just, he gives such an awesome and post thoughts after just about every tournament. He gives yep. such an awesome peek inside of the psychopath brain of a PGA tour player. And I absolutely yep. love it. So. so he pointed out that he does not think it'll be similar to the previous opens at Liverpool because they've gotten more rain this season. And so it's a little more green than they are normally accustomed to. So uh- I also think there's rain in the forecast every day. Every day. Week. There was rain today during practice rounds. There's supposed to be rain to light rain every day. Winds are supposed to be 10 to 20, 15 to 25. Supposed to be four different directions, according to Weather Channel. We'll see if that holds true. But that'll be interesting, too. So a little bit different test, I think, than what we've seen from not only Open Championships in the past, but Open Championships at Liverpool as well. Big development. Temperatures only vary between 17 degrees and 20 degrees. Celsius. <laughs> that'll be that'll be fun. a joke. No, that'll that'll Can you imagine I, uh, hosting a major championship and it was actually 17 to 20 degrees outside? That would be my favorite major. Oh, hardcore. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, open. You see just somebody eating a hot dog waiting on the frost to burn off. That'd be fantastic. So We've kind of given our thoughts of the Open Championship majors in general, but really the Open, one of the few tournaments, the few things I would wake up at 3, 4 a.m. for to, to watch. And and normally I would do that because of Tiger, but I just love the Open Championship, and I'll I'll do it regardless. So this should be a fun week. Uh, we got to make picks for it, and we can give a little brief opinion on the tournament before we make those picks, but I don't even know the order. Spencer, you normally you have that. Do you have that in front of you? Uh, I do have that. So, Brendan with uh, Tyrrell Hatton, you get to go first. I will go second with my Victor Hovland pick. Jared uh, going third with Ricky Fowler. TJ, you went with uh, Ludwig Gayberg and got fourth. That brings our season-long total. Just kind yes. of give everyone a little uh, talk there. So, TJ, you're still in first, 41. Jared and Brendan tied at 40 and a half. So only a half point behind TJ. Uh, this is going to be an interesting week here. And then I am still riding in the basement there, 37 and a half. So I, big moves could happen either way. Like TJ, if you got fourth and I got first this week, then that's a big swing. So sure. we could see uh movie moving day is, is this weekend for sure. All so right. Brendan, kick us go. off. Who you got? All right. Mine. So choose your own adventure. Do you guys want the correct pick or do you want the artistic top 10, possibly top five pick? I would say give us a brief synopsis mm-hmm. of how you think the tournament will go. So you can make that top five pick as well and then give us your winner. How does that sound? Okay. All right. Um, I think it's going to be a lot more of a plucky tournament than uh than typical, especially with the conditions like we already talked about. I think um, they're going to be able to kind of move and stick the ball a little more than we usually see um, if it stays softer. All that to be said, I believe that Rory McElroy is going to break through and bring it home. Give me Rory. Give me the curse. I want it all. 
here I'm going to make this point too. If this guy did not win the Masters, he would be the second coming of Ricky Fowler. Scotty Scheffler is going to win the Open, though. He's going to be the big winner this weekend. I feel like it's got to be Scotty at some point. He's on a Man. tear. That guy is, is, that not, is that not Ricky 2.0? If you remove the green jacket off of Scotty Scheffler's name, the bridesmaid, literally the bridesmaid dress. 2.0. He really is. Yeah. He's the girl that got married, got divorced, and has been a bridesmaid or maid of honor 15 times. The guy is playing unbelievable golf, still an absolute rocket, and just for whatever reason can't put it together on that 1% of his game to put it over the top lately. He he would I be love it. he would be like the boring Ricky Fowler. He's got no personality and like no marketability. Oh, well, yeah. So- yeah. Oh, he's thank a, you. I've been missing yeah. that golf for years. Yeah. And he turned he's down on our a, show, so He's just a golfer, man. He's got a he's he plays a great game. He's got a good wife. I mean, he's he's tailor made for Augusta. Like he's just a good, simple dude that just so happens to have a crazy club head speed. My turn. Yeah. My uh, turn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna leave you with a fact here, and then I'll pick, make my pick. So the last four holes at Royal Liverpool this week are playing almost 1,900 yards collectively which is pretty wild to think about. You think about that. Divide that by four. That's well over 400 yards per hole coming in. It's even crazier when you think about throwing 17 in there, which at the tips is 136 yards. Hmm. The yardages coming in on the 15th are 620 yards, par five. 16 is a par four, 461 yards. 17 is the par three, 136 yards, and you finish with the 609-yard par five. So I think there could be, you know, that could make up some fireworks coming down the stretch. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, a that's you know, of course, you don't know how it's going to play. If it's baked out, it could roll 400 yards for everybody. Who knows? But, yeah. um, you know, they talk about the 17th that may be short. It also only the the square footage of that green is only thirty eight hundred yards, so it's mm. basically the opposite of what you think of a Lynx uh, putting surface, right? Uh-huh. I mean, thirty eight hundred yards is like what we play in Oklahoma on our municipal courses, right? right. I mean, that's postage stamp compared to some of the other ones. So, and it's supposed to be deadly all the way around that. So, could be fun watching it coming in. Um, I'm having a bit of a difficult time with this. My heart says Tommy Fleetwood. I like Tommy Fleetwood. Um, you know, Tommy and Victor are both calling my, no, my name. I've taken Victor in major championships uh, before. I think I took him in the U.S. Open, and he broke my heart. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, by the way, guys, Action Network has John Daly plus 500,000. Love that. Yeah, I already put $10 on it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're back to me, unfortunately, finishing in last and having to pick last because I was going to take all three of those guys. Those were all three of my picks. Tommy Fleetwood was going to be my my pick because because I was looking for a feel-good story, and Tommy is from that side of England. He's from that side United Kingdom. That's, that's a hometown tournament for him. So I, I'm 100% rooting for Tommy. I think it's a good pick. Is that and- a hometown tournament like – it was a hometown tournament for a what's his name the other day. Keegan? No, 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 no. Keegan Bradley. <laughs> Keegan Bradley is from a completely different state. He did, he won the Travelers in a different state, but they called it a hometown event. Uh, Fleetwood's like 15 miles up the up the coast. Okay. So yeah. And I so feel that, good about my pick. Yeah, that was gonna be my pick. Scotty Scheffler was gonna be my pick. So uh, and I was, obviously I picked Roy for other majors. So this sucks, but uh, I'm just gonna go with the guy who's been consistent, and I have a feeling we'll probably just finish top 15 and gives me a chance. Uh, probably won't win because he hasn't done that yet. But Xander Shoffley, been playing really good golf, been playing really good in majors, plays good in the Open Championship. He's just a steady force every week. He's he is if he finished five places higher every tournament, he would be Scotty Scheffler right now. But he's not. He's finishing top 10, top 15. He's not finishing top five. So Xander is not getting any credit for what he's doing. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and pick him. Not the, I don't think he's going to win. I think the other two guys I named are going to win, but I think Xander's going to be a good pick. You guys, unfortunately, uh, did not pick the correct picks. Um, I do want to give out three picks because I love this tournament and I love how abstract you can get. Minwoo Lee, top 20, two, plus 250 right now. That's free money. Terrell Hatton, top 10 right now, plus 250. That's free money. And one, John Rahm, top five is plus 320, which is absurd. I think he could possibly win it. 
Um, very, very easy money out there right now. So uh, if you are a gambler, do it legally and um, go ahead and take those because they're easy. I feel like Hatton used up all of his energy trying to win the Scottish. He's playing well, man. He's playing well. I've got a soft spot for him. He's a rage monster on the course, which I I, I enjoy when it's not in my group. And uh, I just, I love the guy. I don't know why. I just, I think he's hilarious. I think I, I think I sarcastically like him. I think we're figuring this out in live time right now. I sarcastically like him because no one else really does. So do you think he, no, has, I like Terrell. He's, he's great. Do you think he's been typecasted into that rage monster? I do. Oh, I do. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he, he's the guy that, you know, it's, it's like when happy's here comes the putter throw and yeah. he kind of thinks about it, but it, it's, it, he, I think he really has and anything he does. Anybody else yells at a ball and it's just, oh, there's a golfer being golfer. But when well, that's the thing, it, it's like, you know, if yeah. you're playing slow, oh, you're Patrick Cantley now. If you're angry or you say something at your ball or something, oh, all of a sudden you're Tiro Hatton. Have you seen the video of him yelling at his wife for closing the porta potty door? Yes. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah. I, I think okay. it's, I think it's his accent more than anything. Cause even that moment where he's like in the middle of his backswing and stops and he realizes it's his wife coming out of a porta potty. Like it's, I think it's the accent that makes yeah. it so entertaining. Any, I mean, Jordan Spieth is five to 10 times worse at whining and throwing a fit and, yeah, he's and stomping off. off and all that. Okay. Not so fast. And like Hatton does, all of that same stuff, but the fact that he has an accent, it's it just makes it hilarious. It's endearing. And funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you don't not like him, I guess. Probably not like is it was the wrong term when I used it, but he just I don't know. It's he's different and it's funny. So Be, give me the because Dirk Novitsky of golf. It's yeah. true. It's true. Because it is open championship week and we're talking Tyrell Hatton, go back, do yourself a favor and go back and watch the anger management videos. Hilarious. Uh, oh, that they did a good. few years ago. So good. Absolutely was hilarious. And he's so gold. he's so just like his posture, everything about that video with him is so funny. You can tell he's just like a little kid sitting in the principal's office getting scolded. And like that's where I started liking him was I thought he was just this guy that yelled at the golf ball and always threw a fit. And then I watched that and I was like, Oh, he's in on it. This is hilarious. So you guys bring up a really great point. For as bad as like PGA coverage is usually or however it's perceived to be the dp world tour social media oh so good laps Fantastic. around pga tour. best in the game so yeah. good yeah so good fantastic hey we gotta go let's get out of here how's that sound you guys you guys enjoy the open championship you guys enjoy the content potentially coming up at karsten creek i'm gonna go take some nyquil you sound terrible so enjoy that Enjoy, enjoy enjoy the open championship we'll be back next week to break it all down follow us on social media join our pool link is on our social media donate to a good cause and we will see you guys next week right here on the red dirt golf house